Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Thank you. Consent is <laughs> very you. important. Also, we could we, when we do our ad break, we'll do an ad break for like um, I don't know Benadryl and Echinacea. <laughs> Something. Um, okay. Welcome to this super spectacular, special, unusual F pod. I say that both because it is super spectacular and special and because I have no idea what number this is. And honestly, stop trying to make me pick a number. You know, I'm bad at it. So today, Megan and I are joined by Effortista Giselle Munoz, all the way from, I actually don't know, Giselle, because Skype was giving me like, you're coming at me from a secret location in a, the volcanic underground. So if you want to share your location, you can. But more importantly, can you tell us, let's see, this is like um, when you do icebreakers for kids. Can you tell us your oh, favorite God. color, your, fa- <laughs> your favorite team, um, and maybe like a little bit of how you came to be an effortista? Hello, hello. So I am in London right now. Um, I don't know why Skype is denying you my location, Um, but I'm in London. Um, So what do you need? My favorite team, that's Manchester United, to the dislike of many, many of you, but that's okay. Um, And what was the other one? Um, how you, how you effortista, where, how, how we got you. I actually don't remember, to be honest. I'm trying to think how how you got me <laughs> i don't remember do you remember i i don't remember what i remember is bad oh god it's a long time ago now I'm probably just complaining about something 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 as you something usual. on twitter and we were like yeah this yeah. Ours. <laughs> yeah she has some uh, that's how most her. of it happens <laughs> yeah so giselle and i before she was a um, Londonite, was my fellow New Yorker, and we have watched a number of matches together when this was okay, and hopefully we'll do so again. Um, some qualifiers? Yep. Yep. Um, we, with Nikki, watched Man United? Yes. Um, I think, was it like 11 o'clock, it was like, um, you know, one of these oh, 11. It was very early. Right. And we shouldn't have been drinking at that time. <laughs> I think it was like, it's fine because you can get an Irish coffee. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine if you make it coffee. It was great. Well, I think some of, on it, some of my favorite, um, like unusual efforts 
times have been with you slash with you and bars um and and a lot of what i miss um are those moments of like getting to be like that kind of being with friends right like you know like just screaming Screaming at the the tv on a bar while having a beer next to you you. that's the best yes (laughs) yeah i think um the the like cognitive dissonance that time that we were watching the canadian women's national team and then we stayed because colombia was playing argentina Yep. So obviously I was Colombian for that one. But like <laughs> the super polite Canadians next to us, they were like in a family. And when they cheered, it was like, hooray and thank you. You know, like, <laughs> and oh, then you got the me. mob of Colombians coming in for the qualifier. For me, it was the Argentinians who came in oh, and like God. they were wearing, you know, messy shirt over messy. Like you couldn't, it was like, here's my messy Barcelona shirt on top of my messy Argentini, Argentinian shirt. <laughs> And they just like assumed they were going to win. So they came in early and the, the, the like, you know, oh, wonderful, wonderful, eh? Compared to like, eh, puta madre de la like, It just was this. I think my brain has not yet recovered from that one. It's always interesting when you see the transition from fans, like when you go see, like I go see the U.S. Women's National Team at this same bar in New York, and then I usually stay for Manchester United games, and you always see the transition of like, yay, let's support these women, with like cursing at the TV because somebody didn't complete a pass for United. Do you think that is, do you think that will change as like, I guess, the U.S. Women's National national Team um, becomes less of like a niche you know, family, I guess, role model-esque, and we'll talk about that in a second, (laughs) Um, and more um, well-known as just the team to watch? Um, I would hope so, because I think that these women are professionals. I mean, they're also women, but they are professionals. So obviously I'm not saying let's yell abuse at them the way that it happens on the men's side, but I think you know, demanding uh, performance on the pitch is important from either side. And I think that's part of equality is just demanding that from both men and women. Yeah. Yeah. So should we go right in? Should we, should we just dive right in? Because we're all... Because <laughs> <laughs> we're all here for the same reason, which is just to be annoyed that we have to be upset at <laughs> There's just always something. I don't want to be upset. I'm upset about school all the time. I don't want <laughs> to be upset about my happy place. So, yes. So that's um, that's the perfect place to start, which is like we in in sort of public, right? Like here and, and on our um, super important Twitter accounts <laughs> um, and in our WhatsApp groups and to each other, like we talk all the time about how football is our hobby places. Like it's, it's our escape or escapisms and where we get joy and where we get to see Cavani in another tight shirt. Thank you, Manchester United. Um, <laughs> right. So we don't, we don't want to, 
we are all about not sticking to sports. And yet, we also just fucking want to watch a match sometimes. And like, you know, want the extent of our of our anger to be at Mike Dean sometimes. Like, just give us a week. Um, but um, the last couple pods we've spoken about whether it's even ethical to have these matches played in the midst of I don't even know what wave we're in um four strains at the moment of coronavirus um so you know there's there's worry now there's a there's a public health um factor um We've spoken about, and we will speak about, the U.S. Women's National Team, um, and I'm just going to ask you, Giselle, but, you know, we have a an Unusual Efforts WhatsApp group, which, if you would like to join, it's <laughs> full of great things, and you should DM Megan, um, and there were a lot of things to talk about during this match some of which were one some of which were wonderful like we can talk about um macario and we should yes um thank you and, brazil right <laughs> um but we can also talk about this like performative activism and how and, uh, and i'm just gonna make you talk about it giselle because i don't want to so could you please talk about this match and these really important topics that you put in the chat that are the reason that we woke you up from your jet lag. Please and thank you. Sure. I mean, there's so many things that I could go on about. I mean, you know, like you said, should there be any games right now? It, I know this was a friendly and it wasn't even a FIFA date. So, you know, the U.S. Soccer Federation just kind of came up with this like, hey, I guess we need to make sure that these women show up and, and I mean, we're paying you, so do something, dancing monkey. Um, and, you know, there were people at the stadium in Florida, which, I mean, why? It's one of the most heavily affected parts of the U.S., and there were people in the stadium. So, you know, that's one. And, you know, other than the fact that, you know, not everybody's kneeling for the anthem. And, and I think for for me as a, as a fan of this team, what I have complimented them for so many years is the unity that they've shown and the camaraderie that they've shown towards each other. And, you know, it happened during their, their equal, equal pay fight. I mean, they've been together from day one. And same, you know, when they had the issue with um, a player who shall not be named um, with certain homophobic remarks, they were together about, you know, condemning this this sort of attitude in a team that is so open and so accepting. So it is disappointing to see some of them not extend the same support towards their their African-American teammates. And I think that, you know... I'm not saying that, oh, my God, this person or this player is automatically racist because they don't kneel for the anthem. But I do think that they are not as supportive. And that is important to to highlight because. I mean, have the same energy that you have for your equal fight, your equal pay fight, you know, have that energy to support 
your black teammates whose, you know, entire livelihood could be taken away at any time in a country that is so racist, really. So that's one. And then, you know, I think for me, like I'm always happy to see them play and they play Colombia. So my poor little country and they are severely underfunded. I mean, they have not played for over a year and a half. Um, and there's been so many issues with, you know, certain players being basically blackballed by the Federation for coming out and speaking, uh, speaking out about their, you know, not being paid the, the money that was promised to them and things of that nature. And so you and have to a be power- clear, this is not like money. Like we saw this happen in Argentina. Mm-hmm. They're not asking to be paid even. I think it's like less than a quarter of what Jerimina is being paid, right? It's, I, mean, I mean, they're asking for like I not even a living wage. 2015, I believe it was 10 million pesos, Colombian pesos, which is not even $3,000 right. for the whole team. Right. So the fact yeah, that they, not, were, and, yeah, I mean, they're not asking for a ridiculous amount. Um, so, you know, so for me, I'm like, that's great. Um, but I think that, you know, what I mentioned on the chat, and, and I'm a little bit conflicted about it, but what I mentioned was, you know, the United States has this history where the women, you know, top team in the rankings from FIFA, and all these players have hit, you know, triple digits in goal scores. And then you think about why that is, and you start seeing how that happens. And it happens because they take teams like Colombia, they take teams like Thailand, they take teams like Honduras, and all these teams that they know that they can easily beat to inflate scores. So it just feels a little bit like they're taking advantage of these smaller teams to inflate their own records. And, you know, I um, this is absolutely nothing to do with the players. I know that they don't schedule the games, but it does feel a little bit like my heart just breaks for certain teams because they do their best. And, and you know, we know what USSF is doing. You right, know, and I want to so say this is the men's it. team as well. Like the U.S. men's national team, we saw play Martinique and Haiti, yeah. right? Haiti, who is like... Josie Altador is basically funding the Haitian national team because they have just been decimated. So this is not just the women. This is the, this is, you know, CONCACAF, right? Just not doing its job in, in ensuring equity. Um, And Giselle, on top of that, there's coronavirus. So when they did get, when, when Colombia did land, um, was it the that morning or a couple of hours before the match? It was a couple of hours before the match. Um, I think that three of the players or four of the players, of the, players. Like the key players, uh, had been in contact with one of the trainers, I believe, who had tested positive. So they were put on like uh, on a bubble, like okay, so you can't play just out of the abundance of caution. So that's another hit. I mean, we none of our European players could be there. Obviously, it's not a FIFA date. Why would the clubs release them? That would be like, what, four weeks uh, with quarantine included that they would miss out on on their players. So, I mean, they were already in a, 
in, with a weak squad, like not weak really, but just inexperienced squad. They were playing with baby. I mean, they were playing with yeah, a fifteen-year-old. I say though, it's fifteen. Yeah, right. <laughs> and then a two seventeen-year-olds and a nineteen-year-old. Yeah, there were a, a bunch of teenagers. Yeah, which I, I mean, mean, great experience for them, but right. like I um, think, um, I would love to know from both of you. I, I think a, a a potential positive way of looking at this, not in coronavirus time, is that you know, we get to see, like the world, I mean, uh, we are the world. Oh my God, you guys, a song. <laughs> um, you know, the world gets to see players like Laura Caicedo at 15 years old, just like casually and coolly dribbling around Dahl Kemper, good for you. And hopefully that means that somebody's eye is going to be on her now, right? Um, Sepulveda, oh my God, oh, she right? I think she's like amazing, like Hopefully the story of these two matches is going to be that Colombia's goalkeeper needs a million dollar contract because she just laughs in the face of Carly Lloyd as she should. Um, <laughs> and she was brilliant. She was brilliant. So there are these positives as like, okay, um, it's a televised, these are televised matches, you know, yes, like you said, these teenagers, these babies get the chance to maybe say like, we get to play opposite Rapino, and that's great. And we get the opportunity to like have our feet um, tested. Is that enough? I mean, it's like I said, I think it's great because on the one hand, you know, somebody else gets to see them. A lot more people watch the U.S. women's national team than they do the Colombian women's national team or even the Colombian league outside of Colombia. So it's not that it's nice that they get this exposure. That said, it just it really just breaks my heart because I feel like it demoralizes a lot of players that are a team that's already going through so much. Like I feel like just swimming against the current, it can get tiring as much as you try. And I feel like these players try so hard to keep at it and keep fighting and keep, you know, trying to make their dreams come true, if you will. And then this happens and you're like, wow, this is just like a reminder of how far we are yet. You know, we still need to, to go. So I don't know. It's a lot of conflicted emotions. Yeah. I, I was feeling the same way and I was so glad you put that in the chat because, um, you articulated it so well, like what in my head was just like sort of discomfort and, and sadness. Um, Megan, how did you feel when, did you, did you watch the games? I was not able to watch the games. Um, what do you think about the responses coming from um, the U.S. Women's National Team players who did not kneel? I think it's five at this point. And some of them were saying, you know, again, I, I just I just want to say again that like this anthem has nothing it's it has nothing to do with the military. Um I, I don't know when this idea of like the flag became attached to the military, but um it it just factually I think it's important to note that. Um, there is no correlation um, 
So just putting that that one out there. <laughs> I don't even know where to start. Um, no, I do know where to start with Carly Lloyd. Uh- <laughs> good place. Always yeah. oh, a good place to start. Just the audacity to point out that you've been able to spend months disconnecting from the world and rejuvenating yourself and when people are dying let alone all of the other things people are facing I mean the daily racism and aggressions and everything that people are facing in addition to the fact that yeah great glad you got your form back 400,000 people have died like it was so tone deaf that I genuinely don't even know where to go past that yeah um I again like Giselle I think that this unity aspect right for a team who is you know one team how many times have we heard them seen them say that um and especially next to the WNBA in the last couple months right it's so striking and so upsetting to see it because it's so clear right to see that they the U.S. women's national team are so able and willing to do their part together when it is something that Um, they can understand that that affects them directly. Um, And that's great, right? That is, it is, it is really important and really um, good (laughs) to step up and be vocal and be loud and put yourself um, sort of in front of the fight when you have that power and that privilege, like to use your privilege in that way. Um, We've seen it work, but Crystal Dunn should not have to put her body on the line as an athlete and show up as a black woman without her teammates around her. It's not fair. Um, And the fact that they can't understand that, all of them, that that's the same fight, right, That, that, that that has the same implications and correlations as, right, the fight that they have been fighting for equal pay and um, against homophobia. Like, I'm, I'm just, I, I actually don't understand it. Like, I don't understand how um, the team itself, how the league, how the FA hasn't gotten together and said to them, you know, get your shit together. Like, right? like I'm, I'm thinking as a teacher here, like somebody needs to, I, I don't know, like Rapino, somebody needs to come in and say, you're missing something. <laughs> it's racism. <laughs> Here it is. And I, I truly don't understand how. Um, I don't I, I just want to call Julie Ertz and say, like, what the fuck, Jules? What are you missing? It's so clear. It's so obvious. You play next to these people. They're your friends. I'm sure they come to your house. Like, are you fucking kidding me? I believe I just got us whatever rating we need on Spotify. And I'm sorry. Um, but. <laughs> we were already there. Yeah. But I, but I, I don't, I really don't understand, you know, especially like. The, 
the WNBA has um, has set this example, and they've set it so clearly and so well, and they've and they've set it politically, right? They have they swung the Senate. It is on like they did that. Um, what what's missing? I mean, I think we need to remember that you know, and I give a lot of credit to Megan Rapino because she was kneeling for the anthem before, I mean, in solidarity with, with Colin Kaepernick. And she was reprimanded by U.S. soccer and they installed this rule where the players weren't allowed to do that. And she was the only one doing it. And she was doing it, you know, even before it was cool and before everybody else was doing it and before it was done, you know, for the optics of it. But I think, I think optics matter. You know, I think that, you know, somebody was, was messaging me back on Twitter and being like, well, what if the other players who are kneeling are just doing it for the optics? And I'm like, so what? It matters. Optics matter because it shows people that you care for whatever reason. It shows the racist that there are other white people who care about black people and that matters. And, you know, I think I read a quote from, from Rapino this morning where she said that these people, these players, she, was, she didn't say names, but she said, I think we still need to get, get educated about it. And I think that, you know, they need to listen. And I think they do need to listen to, to, black women and they need to listen to these players because it is like you said it is not their responsibility it's not crystal down's responsibility to carry the weight and i think kneeling before the anthem uh it always brings some sort of controversy and and from some people and people will always come at you know i mean rapino has received criticism all these people have received received criticism but it's criticism that as a white woman you can take, and as a white woman, it's not directed in the same way that it is directed towards Crystal Dunn. So I think it's important that they put themselves out there to sort of, hey, like, hey, put your face and your privilege in front of people who don't have that privilege, and you take the fall from them. They have taken the fall from for everybody else for way too long, and it is not Black people's responsibility to educate and to take the fall for, ne- for everyone else again. So, you know, again, going back to unity, it's like what I was saying on my Twitter was, listen, equal pay and LGBTQ plus issues matter so much to the team as a whole, as a unity, because it affects their white players. But the moment that it, it involves their black players, they don't care about unity and they want to deal with it in private. And I mean, I just, I, it just shows that it's not, the team is accepting in many, many ways, but when it comes to race, it's still lagging behind the WNBA, for example. I love what you said about optics. I remember, um, a million years ago, because time has no meaning when, um, (laughs) When the, when the Premier League came back and the players were wearing Black Lives Matter on, their, on the back of their jersey, right? And somebody also on, on my Twitter um, was saying, you know, like, what's the point and what does it matter if it's like, you know, Harry Kane doesn't care? 
And somebody else responded and said, you know what matters is that some racist man's kid is going to say, dad, why is that? Why is Harry Kane's last name Black Lives Matter? And that's going to be a conversation starter. So it matters. It matters because, you know, like you said, the U.S. Women's National Team is really visible. And so somebody is going to ask, like, mom, dad, why are they all kneeling? Or somebody is going to finally think like, oh, hey, my favorite player is kneeling. And that's going to make a difference. So, yeah, I mean, I am. And you know what? They they made all of them, uh, the, the, the social media manager, I guess, but like on behalf of the team, um, made such a big um, point of sharing um, Katarina Macario's story, right, of, of becoming an, a citizen. But back that up, right? Like, back that up with actions. You're kneeling for her, too. Um, so... Uh, I mean, I see this sort of in the same way that I see the whole controversy or like the whole thing about like rainbow laces and wearing, uh, you know, rainbow armband or supporting like doing something during Pride. It's like you are it's not just for the players. It's, you know, also for the people sitting at home watching and people sitting in the stadium for them to feel like this is an inclusive, supportive environment for everybody. And if I, you know, as a person of color, you know, if I see them supporting Black Lives Matter and I see them, you know, kneeling before the anthem, just showing that solidarity for someone else, it matters to a black kid watching in their living room. It shows that that is an inclusive space for them to go and watch. And it shows, I mean, all these other races that that is not a place for you. If you want to come to this game and have these abhorrent beliefs, the place is not for you. And I think that's when I say, listen, optics do matter. I don't care whether that person is going out protesting every day. I don't care about that. I mean, it's great if they do, but I care about that they do the bare minimum, which is just show some solidarity for your teammates. And a lot of them are not doing that. And they're brushing it off by being like, we're dealing with it in private. I have talked to X person. And it's just like, whenever somebody says that, in my mind, it's like somebody being like, I have a black friend. No, don't do that. I mean, have you missed the whole past four years of conversations surrounding race? It's the, it's the I have a black goalkeeper version of I have a black friend. Sorry. <laughs> So, and on that terrible note, we're going to take a small break. But when we come back, I have a really good question. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, 
Determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Maybe we'll edit that out. I don't know. Um, okay. Giselle, can we can we take a screenshot? Is that okay? Yep, go for okay. it. Of course, I have to figure out where that lives. Hold on. Oh, it's behind the <laughs> chat, dudes. That's where it is. Okay, with my suitcase in the back. <laughs> well, then people will really <laughs> know not. that you're in <laughs> witness protection. People will be like, where is she? Oh, no, wait, that's an emoji. God damn it. Sorry, Roche. Take snapshot? Yeah. Take snapshot. Okay. And go. Oh, it made the noise. <laughs> Just popped up on my screen. Okay. My eyes look closed again. It's oh, you want me to do it again? Okay, hold on. No, no. No, no. Okay. <laughs> Our snaps are always, like, delightful. Okay. And we're oh. back. <laughs> it was a really good break. I hope you all enjoyed it. <laughs> we did great work. Um, so I have a question that I'm just bringing on you. I would never do this in my class. Um I would also never call on people like this. So, you know, just apologies in advance. Um, do you both remember what, like a time that you felt that you did feel like represented in, in football, like you were saying, like, you know, you saw yourself in a team or in a player or on a pitch. This is why you should prepare your people in advance, by the way. <laughs> Bad teacher move, Jesse. I know. Uh, cold no. calls don't work. <laughs> I'll send the no. homework out later. Need think time. Um, I mean, mine is really, you've heard me. So my, I was going to not share mine because it's so trite. But mine was like with the 99ers because I did not. I mean, growing up, like there's something, there are lovely things about, you know, growing up with South American football family lunacy but part of that I think is not um at least it was when I was growing up is not believing that women um were like legitimate profession like players even um Uruguay now doesn't even really have a women's team um and so seeing seeing the the women play and being on television, I mean, Jesus, that was like, I, I, my little self was um, just blown away by that. Like that did something, I think, to me as a, as a child who just grew up, think, like I was always the strange one in my family when I knew players, there was always the sense of like, oh, how cute. And she's a girl, you know, who, who knows that. Um, so that was a turning point for me. Okay, I'll go. <laughs> um, I mean, I think same with like the 99ers. Um, and I think specifically for me was Shannon Box. And I think a lot of it had to do with the fact that she, I, when I played, I played as a midfielder and I wore the number seven after David Beckham. And so, and she wore number seven. So I, I think I was, always just like oh my god it's Shannon Box and she's a woman of color so 
I think for me was was Shannon Box, and more recently, you know, I wish I had you know someone like Blasey Santos right now in Atletico de Madrid, and she is maybe an inch taller than I am, and Jessie has met me in person. She knows that I am not tall. I am you vertically challenged. So. <laughs> So, so seeing someone like her, you know, a Colombian, and she has a an amazing story. If you want to learn about somebody persevering, you go read about Lacey Santos. So I wish I had someone like her. But I think for me, maybe was with Shannon Box, and definitely the '99ers. I think for a lot of us, was like huge. I'm going to skip over the 99ers just because I don't think we need three answers that are the same. Oh, so Megan that wasn't was... born. That... No, I'm kidding. I'm sorry. I... <laughs> oh my God. I was five years old. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, no, I think a more recent example was actually, and I feel bad because I know I've told this story before. Um, but being in Leipzig um, at um, CSD, um, which is their pride event, um, and seeing a huge group of fans in various jerseys with uh, football fans against homophobia. Um, and that was the first time I felt like like this is an inclusive place that I can actually start to be myself and um, maybe even... Um, something that I had realized a long time ago. Um, and that was all because of those fans at that parade that day. Um, that's then been backed up with, you know, rainbow armbands. And it's like, it's not just that the fan clubs are doing something. It's that the club is actually taking note and backing that up. And so, yeah, I am. Um, I know this is for specific, um, but I'm sure this is like, um, other groups as well, but the Lily Whites, the Spurs LGBTQ group has done, like, I think it's, as I hope a lot of other supporters groups has done, do as well, it is so important to both do and show, right? Like, they do a lot of really important actions and they show up and they show up loud and they show up, you know, fully kitted out. And both of those things matter. Um, and I think we can apply that sort of in general to, to, to everything we've been talking about, right? Do the thing. Talk to the people you're talking to. But show up, right? <laughs> like... Put it all the fuck over your Instagram pages. Kneel. Show people. Um, it, it's it, You need both. Yeah. And stop being so polite. And I what, what I mean by that is, because I feel like a lot of these players have, like who didn't kneel, have families or family members who are part of the military and they want to avoid conflict at, at home. And we're like, well, th- this is, Good conflict. It's yeah. conflict that you, where you want to have a conversation with somebody about why it is important. And, and I think that this sort of politeness, like white politeness is, is, it keeps killing black people. You, you know, 
you have a voice, use it even at the dining table. You don't have to be a famous athlete for you to have a voice. You know, you go home for Thanksgiving and if somebody says something that you know is racist or, you know, it's just you call them out and you don't have to be rude and you have to get into an argument, but maybe try to have those uncomfortable conversations. And yeah, so, I mean, for a lot of these players, that's how I feel about it. It's like, stop being so polite like maybe have those conversations maybe you you should be having those awkward conversations with your family members that don't agree with black lives matter maybe find out why that is maybe try to explain it from somebody who may be lgbtq like try to use that to you know to form your arguments if you will i can't believe you're going to make me say something nice about argentina i will be mad at you later for this but <laughs> um Argentina recently um, decriminalized abortion and it took a lot, right? And um, Macarena Sanchez, who was also, um, was on the national team, um, who was the leading scorer and captain of Urquiza and then was blackballed because she fought for, she went on strike, she fought for equal pay um, and now is working in the government, um, was part of the um, the movement for aborto legal xa, because she said that the fight for abortion, right? She married her wife a few years ago. The fight for abortion, the fight for equal marriage, and the fight for uh, the fight against gender violence all have to be connected. That people have to show up for each other. And what somebody, what a journalist coined, um, is that that what happened in Argentina was. The, the daughter's revolution, exactly like you said, that daughters refused to be polite at the dinner table, that what was happening on their Twitter pages and their Facebook pages, they brought to the dinner table. So their parents, right, had to listen at home and they had to be made aware of what was happening. And because of that, and this journalist interviewed parents who said, my kid wouldn't let me up from the dinner table until we had this conversation about the legalization of abortion. So it matters. <laughs> like entire policy was changed because teenagers said, okay, we're having dinner together. Great. Here's what's happening. And here's why it's important. And here's what matters. And guess what? Maka Sanchez, who you watch on television, I was marching in the street with her. So imagine what could happen if, you know, a kid said, hey, the U.S. Women's National Team is on, let's watch and let's talk about why, you know, Megan Rapino has been kneeling and look, everybody else is kneeling too. Pass the peas. <laughs> it's, I think, um, I think they are maybe underestimating their power. Maybe, hopefully, hopefully that's what's happening. I will never say nice things about, well, I have like a 15, I can't say nice things about Argentina for another 14 days. It's like a rule. I'll be, I'll be counting the days. Thank just you. Just to make sure that you actually stand by it. Who knows? Maybe they do something great again that you're going to have to, oh God, I just said great again. He just gave me. Oh no. <laughs> okay. Now, you know what, Megan, because she did that, watch what we're going to do to her. Giselle, we have needed a sign-off for this podcast for like three years. Bad teacher move again, Jeff. We have not had one. We have asked Twitter. No one has given us one. 
the name of the podcast is Unusual F Pod. I keep wanting to be like F. It doesn't work. So, how are we signing off? Oh God! <laughs> no, it's really hard. hard. I, it's just like a catchy little. I don't. I we need a catchy phrase. Yeah. And we don't have one. And everybody keeps vetoing mine. The fact that even Box Bunny has one, like the F butt doesn't have one. See? I know. F the patriarchy? No. I mean, yes, but no. Well, yeah. I know. So we need one. So if you can give us one, again, this is a call for us for a sign off. We will give you good things. <laughs> you can even have that shower curtain in our threadless shop that Megan really wants. I want that shower curtain so bad. Please oh. give us a sign off and then also donate the shower curtain to me. But for now, we need an effing sign off. <laughs> okay. We're going to sign off with something, just an interim sign off, and I'll be cranky about it. But we really want to say thank you to Giselle, who has just been like effing amazing. Yeah. And hopefully we'll join us again for a pod because this has been awesome. Yeah, it's been great. Thank you guys for having me. Thank you so much. Thank you. F effing wonderful. F out. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That's it. Uh, I'm gonna oh stop recording. <laughs> <laughs>